Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. This is the Eat, Beat, Beat, Beat Podcast. Your weekly AEW review and breakdown. Introducing first, the man of the hour. It's the heel of power. It's gnarly. Charlie. Let's go! And the other half of the hosting duo, they call me the Duke. They call me the Digital Phantom. They call me the Vincenzo of Violence. Ooh, okay. The oh, Maestro of Mayhem. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but <laughs> I remember that when Aiden English came out and sang like that, and it was fucking awesome for like a couple of weeks. And then they put him with Rusev, and it was still awesome, but it was not as awesome as like, I honestly think he would have gotten super over doing that. I'm, I, I to this day think that he was the crowd loved that he could sing and he could actually back it up in the ring. Anyway, so that's my that's my intro little random wrestling bit that I like to throw in there occasionally. Um, and apparently I can sing. We just found out live on the podcast. So, so um, in English references 45 seconds in. I did not see that happening. I've- I didn't either, to be honest. That was not in my head when I was doing the intro at all. That's Vincenzo awesome. of Violence. I originally was – okay, this is my plan. I will just be 100. I was going to like – do that. I was going to give you like three titles of different like things like that that I could come up off the top of my head and just do a whole new intro and then figure out like listen to it later and then use the script. No, that that was all organic. I'm just rolling with it. Um, rolling with it, baby. But that being said, uh, we are back again with another week of wrestling. This was Grand Slam week, Charlie. Everything I honestly delivered, I think. I think we can say that. I mean... Oh, yeah, dude. Four TBS hours title and- notwithstanding, everything that looked like it could deliver, delivered. I mean, can you is this is this fucked up to say like, it, it, do you really have do you do we not expect Jade to deliver in that way anymore? Is it just to that point? I I mean, uh, we expect her to go out there and beat the shit out of someone. And that's just so in a way she did deliver with what they do with her. So, yes, but I'm saying like. Deliver is it, us a, us, uh, is you know, it a diminishing return? That's kind of where I'm at. I, I don't mean to crap on Jade all the time. I just, I wonder what their plan is because it doesn't see, it's like, you know what Jade's title reign feels like to me? The Star Wars new trilogy. There is no plan. Um, yeah, I think the only plan is to have a dominant champion. I mean, it's, if you would have told me that we would be coming out of this with Jade having the longest match, I'd been like, what the fuck went, what happened? But no, it's. Yeah, I mean, it went as the cards went. Uh, I mean, Rampage, I felt like flowed really well. Oh, I mean, a couple of the matches went pretty short. I mean, what's funny, Jade didn't even have the shortest one. And, no, but... Uh, a couple of them went short, but the you know the longest being Phoenix and, and Jack Perry. And I thought, yeah, so I mean, we'll get into it, but... Absolutely. Uh, but that being said, there's a couple of order business. Order is a bid to take care of at the top of the show. The first of which uh, being, you know... Uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, be that Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, you know, make sure you follow us, subscribe. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter. That's Bane Duke for me, B A N E D U K E, and at O oh, Charlie with an X instead of an A for Charlie. You can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Duke of Derps. Um, you also, uh, you know, right now I'm playing through Alien Isolation. I just finished Portal 2, like literally last night. Uh, well, no, actually, yesterday afternoon. <laughs> Uh, as I'm recording this, um, and then also last night played Alien Isolation. So if you want to, if if that alone, and if if in a 12 hour period that happening is something you'd be interested in watching, go ahead and follow me on Twitch. Um, but yeah, um, the other things that we normally do at the top of the show, I think I actually think I nailed everything. Um, so I guess yeah. with that being said, 
Charlie, it's it's time for the best part of the show. We've got to do favorites, and uh, it's I'm up this week. So, all right, um, let's get straight into it. Let me scroll on my notes. So this week I was, uh, you know, it's there's like, um, if you went back through all my favorites, there's probably like five names or something or six names because it's always the same people. But like, I guess that just means I like certain wrestlers. Uh, for me this week, I really enjoyed the match between Pac and Orange Cassidy for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Mm. Um, so as everybody knows, last week, the Simmons, the first Simmons Award almost went to Orange Cassidy for the setup for this match, which again, it was out of nowhere, but I, I actually thought that we were maybe going to get, and I guess we still could, um, but it, it looked like we were potentially going to get a, like an actual storyline out of this. It's not just, oh, we needed a match for the big show for, uh, you know, for the big show. No, but anyway, for the big show, uh, you know, in in uh, Grand Slam. So we needed to give, you know, obviously a reason for pocket orange Cassidy to keep fighting beyond the trio's title or whatever. Um, but I honestly, it didn't even need that for me. I, this match is just good on paper. So just have it. But um, it was actually great, too, because when they did this match originally, I believe it was Revolution 2020. Right, Charlie? Um, and that's right. Um, it, if it wasn't that it was that early on, like we're talking like two, three years ago when AEW was very early on, but, um, and it was a highly anticipated match and it super delivered. And like, it was one of the defining matches for both, both, uh, wrestlers because, um, orange Cassidy, I believe had a little bit of momentum going in, but like the way Pac just reacted so viscerally as Pac does, um, sorry, Pac, I keep saying Pac, Pac, um, Got to make sure I get that through my head. Pack. There's another one we're going to have to try and get right later. We're both getting it wrong. I know we are. But um, but yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's what we call tease in the industry, kids. But anyway, um, yeah. And honestly, it was everything that I expected this match to be. It was a lot of rep. There was some references to the previous match. I haven't actually gone back and watched that match. Now I'm obviously going to. Um, but it's one of those matches that I'm sure, it. you know, what I, what I think is great about um, when you can, when wrestlers have had multiple matches with each other, a lot of times you can make the argument, well, haven't they done this before? Like, if it, isn't this literally the same exact match that I've seen this person have exactly with this person before? And that's really annoying. But what these two guys did was everything that they had previously done in a match, it didn't work on them in this match, except for like, obviously signature and finisher moves. They have to be able to hit those or they do something to create a distract. You know what I mean? saying like they create yeah. the opportunity for that move to work even though they've obviously already seen it but i loved that i loved that Pac just had absolutely pack had absolutely nothing he gave zero f's about the kicks and he was like yeah yeah go ahead do your thing you know i, I get it you know and but eventually and this is brilliant storytelling it didn't matter because orange cassidy got to him anyway because that's the way orange cassidy is um and you always expect to see Pac do i keep saying Pac. i'm gonna i'm gonna just Hey, wow. hey, for what it's worth, we're not the only ones. I mean, I've heard the announcers say both, too. So. I, the announcers also are the entire reason why that tweet that you sent me earlier or yesterday, whatever it was, was sent out. Because I think because they said it like a nine times on commentary, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, like either way, my point is uh, he he. um. I actually don't remember exactly what I was. Oh yeah. The super athletics. If you expect him to do the super athletic high flying stuff, but a lot of people, I think in their heads for some reason, and this is my assumption, I could be wrong. More people could be paying attention. Right. But as far as I'm aware, I don't see a lot of people talking about how 
Orange Cassidy wrestles a pretty similar style to that. You know, like he does the high flying flipping. He does a freaking tornado DDT as one of his finishes, you know, like, yeah, um, his return has been incredible. Orange Cassidy's. Yes, absolutely. He's 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 not had a single bad match since he's been back. Name one. Yeah, you can't. So you literally can't even his match with Wardlow. Was it a two pay-per-views ago now? I think they did that. Or maybe it wasn't those matches have been awesome. They stuck him and Trent and uh, they stuck the best friends back together after the best friends kind of went on like ice for a little bit because of Rapungi Vice and they just right back in and it was perfect and the chemistry was there and it made me want to see the Kentucky gentleman more because I and we haven't seen Chuck Taylor and I wasn't like pressed about it. I like Chuck Taylor, but he wasn't really wrestling singles before he was more interested in tag team. It seemed like. Yeah. And I want to see Chuck Taylor now because I was like, damn it. Anyway. Uh, this orange Cassidy just has this aura around him, you know, but, um, and I agree a hundred percent since, since orange Cassidy has been back, he's just been on this absolute monster role. Um, this was a match about mind games, um, which is something that both, um, superstars like to employ, obviously Pac obviously likes to be a lot more violent, almost more like Blackpool combat club esque kind of mind games. And then like orange Cassidy, maybe wait. Did I just, I think I might've just stumbled on Charlie is orange Cassidy, the perfect sports entertainer. Oh, he definitely is. What is he? Does no, he, no, no, He would, he would no. have to join heel though. And that do you, th- I, come on a heel orange Cassidy would not work. I, I mean, I do, maybe, maybe, look, are you sure? I think he's talented enough to make it work, but he would have to reinvent the character a little bit. An orange Cassidy that tries to get heat. <laughs> I look a, That'd be my it, But by the definition of sports entertainment, because he's an athletic freak, obviously, and well, a really talented wrestler. Dan Housen, I mean, a lot of these guys. Uh, these two, those two, I would put in that category. They're just so much into the and, and Orange Cassidy. I will never, I will never, because you know what my, do you know what the best part about Orange Cassidy's character, his gimmick, whatever you want to call it, is? He wanted to have something to do when he wasn't wrestling as a fire ant, because he doesn't have to worry about his, you know, gimmick. I mean, he knows what it is and that he's just a blue guy, you know? Yeah. Um, but when he wanted to, he wanted to, re- he obviously wrestled indie dates when he wasn't doing that, you know? Um, and he wanted to, re- and that's crazy that he was like, I got to come up with a gimmick. I'm going to come up with the most meta surreal uh, orange Cassidy. I could literally talk about orange Cassidy for an hour, but I won't. Um, but yeah, the great selling overall, uh, like I said, Pac not falling, Pac not falling for stuff was great. There's a really great uh, comeback sequence at the end for Orange Cassidy. And uh, one of the two DDTs that he hit back-to-back on pa- a pack uh, was sold in such a way that I'm awarding solely to, to solely to pack. Make sure I get that right. Solely pack because of the way he sold this DDT is getting the Simmons Award this week. Because there was only one thing I could say after I saw that spot, Charlie. Damn! And... Honestly, <laughs> the second one was just as brutal, by the way. The first one just made me go, oh, that's the kind of match we're having here. <laughs> and it was late in the match, but I was just like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, it was an okay. unbelievable sell. Absolutely. Well, and, well deserved of the Simmons Award. Oh, and I also like this, the ending. Uh, the orange punch would have beat would have beat him, but he got the he was close enough to the ropes. That is a very ring of honor thing, and I liked that. Um it, it reminded me of like when when uh, Danielson would hit the the Busaiko knee or an equivalent move on um, on uh, like Nigel McGinnis and like a in like a pure rules match and like McGinnis would get the ropes even though he 
should have lost to that move, you know, but yeah. either way, um, just an overall great match. Just really quickly. I'll, I'll kick over to you. Did you have any thoughts on this match? I just really enjoyed this. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, it was serious from the beginning. He threw the shades at him. That's how, you know, orange Cassidy means business. Agreed. And, and to piggyback off your point, I, I think we now have a new favorite for me in the, uh, pack AEW all Atlantic title reign. And it's a title reign. That's been really good. Uh, for me, the Shota Umino has been the favorite, but now it has been topped. It is the Orange Cassidy match. Um, yeah, I I think you covered it all, man. I mean, this delivered on every level that I could have imagined. They haven't run this match in a couple of years, so it felt fresh. It felt really fresh to me because I don't even know if I've, I can't remember the other one at all. Like you said, Revolution, that might have been the fucked up Revolution too. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, man, I mean, hey, it worked. This... I'm really invested in where Pac's going from here and where Orange is going, honestly. So, yeah. Uh, this magical run that Orange Cassidy is on right now, he has lost more matches than I can count. And he's not lost a single bit of momentum. It is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Wardlow wishes he could be that over. You know? Honestly, like You know, actually, who I'd kind of like to see Pac go, or uh, Orange Cassidy go against next? Who's that? Someone that just picked up a win, actually. Sammy okay. Guevara. I think that'd be a, that, there's oh. something there. Someone That's a full year match. That is absolutely a full year match. Yeah. And I, because that could get some really good crowd reactions. Or too. if they're planning on doing a big show, maybe it's not named, but a big show. Well, no, you know, winter is coming. It'll be after. Yeah. If they're doing it, planning on doing it, or will it be before? Uh, whatever. Whatever. If there's not a big show between now, winter is coming and full gear, then just throw a random dynamite together, you know? Because Tony does that sometimes. I, I don't know if that match has happened, but I think if not, that, it uh, needs to. Agreed. If, I think we had it as a. I think it would have been a tournament match if um, the tournament didn't have to get restructured because of the injuries that one time. I think it might have been potentially. So it looks like um, I'm looking from last year. Uh, after Grand Slam, we had the anniversary show in October. So in a couple of weeks, we'll have the anniversary. We show. will. So you could do it there if you wanted to. Um, if you want to do it that soon, yeah. but if you want to, you could even start the, you know what? You could even start the, uh, the storyline then if you wanted to put it at full gear. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's jump into my favorite. And, uh, absolutely for me, it's going to be the AEW world tag team oh championship my. match. So as we do, we'll, uh, we'll kind of go over their run as the champions in a minute here, but first let's talk mm -hmm. about the match. Garrett, I mean, we knew that this match would have some momentum based off of All Out. And you, holy shit. You could not have told me how much momentum they would have had, though, because you just didn't know. We didn't Were they going to come back to bigger box office after not capitalizing it on in the moment? Right. And, and boy, did they. And this was very special. I, I think this is an all-timer when it comes to memorable tag team matches. This is your definition of an AEW homegrown team in the acclaimed. I mean, these guys started out on dark with no one there. Literally, the pandemic. No one was there. They got their start on dark. They went from the ground up. They are the – this is the this is the example you're going to point to from now on. The people starting in dark is their first ever wrestling experience. I mean, these guys did wrestle before, but first ever time as a tag – no one really knew who they were unless you really deep into the indie scene. Two years later, these guys are getting crowned tag team champions because they believed in themselves. 
and they just beat two of the biggest acquisitions AEW's ever had. And that's not that's not even a joke. They just beat Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, who were acquisitions in 2022, who ever since they've been here have been featured in prominent roles. So Literally. Like the two opposites. And I just, this feels so deserved. And the match is very, very memorable. Uh, you had Swerve and Lee again working as heels because you had to. Yep. Um, and it just the entire time the crowd wanted the acclaim to win so bad. And when it all really starts to go their way, when Swerve gets a face off with Billy Gunn and Billy hits the Famouser. Oh. Bowens hits a springing netbreaker. Caster hits the mic drop. The fucking victory. The confetti pours down. The acclaimed have arrived. Garrett, real real quick, your thoughts on the match, and then we'll talk about Swerving Our Glory's tag team title reign. Absolutely. But, I won't Yeah, what did you think yeah. about this? I won't spend too too long because like we said, we want to get to the title reign because it was a it was a it was a I think it was the best tag team title reign we've seen since I, I think that's fair. Um yeah. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, retrospectively now, is a lot better, I think, especially because now that we're like looking forward, it's going to be even better. But like I think or the last three are actually not as they're going to be looked at as like, OK, these last three have been really good. But um, I, I cannot describe to you, Charlie, the feeling of elation that went through me when I saw the look on Billy Gunn's face when he was so proud of them, dude, like he was and it hit me the reason why. What are what are the new age outlaws, Charlie? There was one guy who was really good at talking, and one guy who was really good at backing it up in the ring. Ooh, wow! I never thought about that. He, they are the modern day version of what Billy Gunn and and uh, and uh, Road, Road Dog. I could not. I sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to bury you there, Road Dog. You, you're doing it to yourself anyway on your own podcast, so I don't have Ooh. to help you there. But um, <laughs> I'm not wrong, am I? But anyway, um. I bury myself every week. At least I had the balls to admit it, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, my, my random shots at road dog and other podcast hosts aside, I'm coming for you next, uh, Cornette. But anyway, um, not Cornette would eat me alive, but anyway, um, but yeah, no, I mean, dude, I just, I, I, I can't, I, I was willing this into existence, Charlie. I swear. I remember saying to you, on a dream, on a whim, months ago, because they were starting to get a little bit of a push. And we'd watched so many times that every time they started to get a push, they ended up back on dark and they ended up back not getting even on dark and being off TV. And we became FDR stands for a little while because they just weren't being featured, you know? And I just, it, the journey to get to here, it, it's, this is going to go down in history as one of those moments where AEW said, we are not WCW. We decided to invest in the young talent. And yes, Bischoff, I am saying this because I don't care. You can have your vindictive opinions about what AEW is and what constitutes a successful wrestling company in 2022. But I will sit here and defend AEW's decision to put the tag team titles on the acclaimed and put that up against any decision that Eric Bischoff made with organic young talent that he decided to not push in WCW that was allegedly best for business, you know? Like, yeah. 
tell me that I'm wrong here. You can't because it's like the acclaimed represent that thing that, that John Moxley talked about in his promo, the passion, the, the love for the business. Charlie, it didn't even hit me until later. I think I think Anthony Bowens is the first openly gay world champion, at least world tag team champion that I'm aware of, at least certainly in AEW's history. Definitely in AEW's, but it might... It might extend further out. I I saw people trying to parse this out. There were definitely other openly gay world champions. I don't know. You'd have to go through... I I, I don't know which promotion did what, but I do know there was some discussion about this. But at the very least... Anthony Bowens is on a short list of people. So shout outs and, and absolute and Max Caster, by the way, we, we often talk a lot about Max Caster because of the promos, but we, we lose in that, in that sometimes that he's actually really phenomenal in the ring too. This match was actually a good match too. the two matches. I want to, I wish, I wish we could somehow do a third match. I don't think they will. Cause we've already kind of pushed it a little far with the back-to-back matches thing but if any of you had ever called for it in the history of AEW maybe it's this one Charlie I could see it at the anniversary show I, I could see right. it like, I spent way more time than I thought I was going to but let's talk about yeah, the t- the title ring no, but because... I could see that in like 3 weeks so so yeah this is uh, as tradition with us if this is one of your first times a title change has happened and since you've been watching we kind of like to go through um the previous champions title reigns so um Swerve in our glory they won the tag titles at Fighter Fest. This was the triple threat against Team Taz and the Young Bucks. Which so that ended the Young Bucks, I believe, 14-day title reign. My bad, 28-day title reign. And after that, a couple weeks go by. They defended the titles on Rampage against Private Party. It was a short match, but it was a necessary match, I think. For for multiple reasons. And that's when he became Yeet Lee. I mean, yeah, and and you got to Private Party, kind of got lost in the shuffle with this whole Jeff Hardy thing. So at that time, that felt like a nice kind of like, all right, guys, we see what you're doing out there. This is I, I say that like it wasn't a month ago. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> then at All Out, we jumped into the Acclaim match, which the Swerve in Our Glory versus the Acclaimed All Out match is probably my favorite. Now, that's not taking away from this victory. This is my favorite moment from the from the championship, is them losing it, unfortunately. But this match at All Out was just incredible. It was my favorite match at All Out, and it was just nuts. And then we had last week, Swerve in Our Glory defeated the Lucha Brothers. And then this week, they, uh, they lost to the Acclaim. So, three championship defenses... With, uh, they had a 70-day title reign. So, is it the longest title reign? No. Is it the shortest? Not at all. It's it's longer than the Young Bucks. It's longer than FTR. And it's two weeks less than uh, SCU, the first champions. So, it's not some... It's a 10-week title reign, Garrett, you know? And... I, it, you know, it... They needed somebody to fill the slot that was going to be able to carry matches and also yeah. storylines. You know what I mean? Like um, they, they did wrestle more than that, but we're just talking about title defense. Yeah, they did a lot of singles wrestling uh, at various points. And also there was like times when they didn't defend the titles also. But uh, notoriously against like Woods and Nice. 
I, I they had a little thing with them. But and the match was good was too. I don't know why it just wasn't for the title because yeah. I can tell you why because they, they never give FDR title shots. <laughs> you know, so FDR can't be bumped down, so you can't bump anyone else out either because <laughs> they, they all usually are picking up wins. So it's yeah. complicated. Uh, that's why Tony. Oh, that's the thing that I thought. Okay, I'm glad that I thought this. So we don't have like a lot of news, but one thing I was going to ask you about if you heard this, I heard something about them being. I don't know if it was Meltzer that said this. They're going to lean out of the rankings a lot. And I was just keep thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, God, Tony's just trying to get FDR off his back. And that's really embarrassing. You know, like. If they need to figure this ranking shit out. Uh, because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, there was a time when like, you know, uh, who was it? It was somebody else was ranked above. Oh, Wardlow was ranked above John Moxley. And Wardlow was on like this casket. That was, you know what? I changed my mind. MJF did not kill Wardlow. Tony Khan killed Wardlow when he didn't take him into the world title scene. Um. All right. Anyway, that being said, um, uh, just it's funny. They haven't put out rankings since August 31st. I think they're done with it. Do they have to be? I I mean, they have to be. Maybe they're just going to wait till the new year or something. I don't know. Maybe you do a full reset. Yeah. I I say just can them, dude. If you're not, if you, if you're that, if you're, if, cause this is what I have said from the beginning, Charlie, you know, I've been consistent about this. We can do rankings, but they have to fucking matter. If they don't matter, don't do them because I'm just going to get really mad when they don't matter. Yeah. And so will the wrestlers. FTR is like literally like why even have us. I kind of understand FTR's perspective. Why rank us number one if you're not going to give us the title shot? Yeah. Well, I can't not rank you number one. You're like the most consistent team. Okay, so give us the title shot. Well, I don't want to do that because then you have to win. Because you're our Ring of Honor champions. It's like, well. And you're also it, it would kind of upset AAA and <laughs> – New Japan, if their champions got pinned also, so I don't really want to deal with the politics of that. It's, it's, so if you want to be a politicky, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do this. Like you can do that, Tony. Just get rid of the ranking system because it's going to make everything look silly. But anyway, and it all um, boils down to we just need to get these other titles off of our fucking show. Get them out. <laughs> I'm okay um, with the ROH ones, but we got that's another speculation I saw is that, that that potentially the reason why Jericho uh, well I'm just jumping ahead here but the reason why Jericho might have won the title is because they're about to do a TV deal uh, potentially that'd be interesting. no no smoke there I just that makes sense but I don't know why it would be Jericho and not yeah Claudio so at that point any I mean, any other thoughts on their 70 day title reign I mean we kind of to be honest with you I I thought it was longer than that but I mean yeah, um that's a good thing then if it felt yeah longer. I yeah, not like in that it felt like it dragged on. I felt like I was like I was like, yeah, these have been our champs for a while. They felt like established champions, even though yeah, apparently they really weren't. The yeah, yeah, it was the you know what? It was not the summer of Punk, but it was the summer of Swerve and Our Glory. We'll get we'll give them Swerve that. Our Glory and Moxley, baby. So exactly. And kind of speaking of that, real quick, we just we didn't really have much news. Uh, we're not gonna go into the fucking Bobby Fish stuff. That's TMZ crap. We're not going into all that. But uh, Ruby Soho. She has gone into surgery from her broken nose, so she was pulled from her October first event, which was you don't, you don't think it was that landing, do you? No, it was. Uh, it was. It was that match, wasn't it? Yes, it was the match, but it was at the very end. It was the knee. Oh, from, uh, oh that's right. It was the. It was like the yeah the the TKO. That was there, not yeah. uh, Melo and Guevara's best moment ever. They need no. to move past that and yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Garrett, let's jump into Elevation, which I know you're excited to talk about. Absolutely. AEW Dark Elevation, episode 81. And Charlie, I got to be honest with you, I was excited to talk about this, but 
I mean, all right. You want dark to be in a, you want elevation to be like your first show of the week. And you open it up with like, who, <laughs> Charlie, who was this guy? I, he, he, his entrance music was pretty cool. I'll give him that. He had some cool entrance music. I've never heard it before, but that's pretty cool. Who, there was Conan Lycan was out there. I know that guy. I've seen him on AEW before. Um, but Zach, Zach Clayton, I think was his name. I think he's from like New Jersey or something. Like, I wish we had an audio bite of of someone who goes, "Who the hell is Zach Clayton? <laughs> who in the hell is Zach Clayton?" Uh, Zach Clayton did a nice power slam out of the midair in this. Um, that's actually one of his better moves. Um, and he's going to kill somebody with that spin out torture rack move. And it's going to be beautiful. Um, and I mean that he's going to literally kill them. Cause I think he almost killed Conan like in this match. Uh, by the way, the only reason this match was good was because of, I reason why I wrote down a jobber's name is because he's the reason why this match even worked. So yeah, sorry, so Zach. he is from AAW. Yeah, we've had, we've talked about Conan like before. I just Conan like if there was no Conan like this match does not work at all. I mean, obviously oh, there wow. needs to be another um, participant. But I don't think Zach Clayton is as good as I thought he was after watching One last little side note here. I just clicked on his Instagram. He's from Davenport, Iowa. And if that sounds familiar, it's because he's trained by Seth Rollins. Okay. This guy's Instagram yeah, okay. is actually really cool. I'm going to fucking, you know what, Conan? I, we'll have to I keep, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one. You know, we'll, I'll put him in my my uh, my folio wow. in the back of my head of different wrestlers that not I look out for. He's already in there, but he's now he's got to, like, now he's been prioritized, you know? And not to completely take us off the rails, but you're starting to see now. A lot of these Seth Rollins trained guys are making the way through the ranks. Nathan there was Frazier, another one, right? Nathan yeah. Frazier is tearing it up on NXT, and he moves so fucking fast. You think he's in Mexico? Like he's he looks like one of those luchadors. There was another one on AEW too. I want to say like last week or something. Like you know what I'm talking about when you if whenever you flip on like uh, anything going on in Mexico with the fucking you, you hear the cowbell going nuts and these guys are moving so fast in the ring. Nathan yes. Frazier literally looks like that in NXT. I've never. It's incredible. Okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm definitely interested in that. Um, but yeah, that, that move is going to kill somebody. Uh, also, who the hell is Zach Clayton? But anyway. Um, <laughs> and in the next match, we had uh, Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero and Marina Shafir taking on uh, Becca. And uh, apparently Becca's a criminal. <laughs> apparently that's just the case. I, I don't know why I wrote that down, but it must have been on commentary. Um <laughs> don't don't ask me that, that was that must have been a matt menardism that's all i have that's all i can think um it was a beast bomb one two three type of match um but then uh oh charlie yep they, they tried to cut a promo i actually had to skip through it i cringed so hard so vicky was vicky which is fine if you don't like vicky promos then you're not gonna like it i i don't really mind because i've listened to vicky cut promos for years on smackdown um and so i just got used to it um but man Never hand Marina Shafir a microphone again, please. If that's the kind of stuff, man, if if someone was in the room watching that with me that never seen wrestling, I'd be legitimately embarrassed. I would turn it off. I would yeah. not. I would be glad that I don't watch it and on my television. Her. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to. It's nothing. Look, it's just that's not for everyone. And it, you Do you know what I wrote in my notes? She just needs more time. She needs to watch some people cut promos. She needs to talk to some people that cut promos. Dude, yeah. Just have Jerry Lynn or, or, or in maybe in the, in the women's case, have Serena Deeb or, or, uh, Madison Rain sit her down and just give her a little bit of a promo school. Like, 
What they that need was... to do is just have Eddie teach everyone. Just start paying Eddie. Well, Eddie, Eddie might be a little harsh with someone like Maria he because of not being a wrestler. Yeah, but I think Eddie is going to be a little... I think Eddie can probably... I, f- I imagine the reason why they don't have Eddie training people is I imagine when he's trying to teach you something, he can probably come off a little like brute. Eddie, MJF, you need to get someone out there that can talk and just try and explain to some of these these people like, hey, man. Jay Lethal. Great promo. Yeah. Yeah, Jay Lethal, I hope transitions into a training role someday. I don't. I'm not saying I want him to train people. I don't think he should be wrestling. I want him to wrestle as much as he wants. But I would like him. Jay Lethal to me is like the prototype wrestler to train wrestlers. I don't know why I think that in my head, but I just feel like he is. But, um, but yeah. So don't don't don't. I, I imagine we're going to see another one next week, though, Charlie. You have to think because usually they do these in bunches when they do. Yeah. <sighs> Hopefully, it's better next week. That's all I would say. Um. Oh my God, is that private party? Um, yeah, so we started off with some shots. Shots. I'm not doing the whole thing. I don't have enough energy. Um, but uh, Mark Quinn was on fire in this match, by the way. Always, you know, got the smooth-ass tag team stuff going on. They got the slick-ass the slick ass flip, you know, little little stuff. It, I, I don't know. It sounds like I'm trying to rap right now, but I'm just this I love, I when I wrote my notes. Uh, they're, they're, yeah, they're great. Um, and... I just love uh, the oh, and they did like the little hump stuff. That was funny. Um, and Jenny Juice picks up the win. I mean, it's just a good, just great tag team. They need to be used more, in my opinion. They should, you know what? Private party should be doing every week. They should just be on TV, just getting a win. You know, and why isn't there? Why aren't they a team like that? That's the weird thing about the AEW tag division. Well, you don't really I organically build up teams like that. Do what? I think we finally know what they're going to be doing next. Uh, I'll exactly. save it, but we found it out on Rampage. Well, yes, I, I agreed, but I don't know if that's going to necessarily lead to a feud. Well, because, it might. Eh, fuck it me. might. It be on BTE. This is so. Sometimes I wait for this shit to come to TV because I'm like, yes. all right, because they're not just going to throw them out there on BTE. They finally had the reunion with them, Matt Hardy. I'm almost positive that's a trios now. Oh, yeah, yeah, especially after what happened on Rampage. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to it, but especially after that. I mean, it, so it seemed like I, that I was the implication. That's a good direction for them, though. And agreed, agreed. I, I don't know why they split them up ever. The three of them were good together. Like, um, I mean, again, I understand that they need to unheal Matt Hardy, and that's fine, but um, talk about what that's another. Okay, just side note. Well, I know I've, I've, we've like sidetracked a million times on this elevation, but I don't really care. Um, that was one of the unsung things of this year. Matt Hardy had a completely organic face turn. Yep. And everybody just took it, and everyone was like, oh, yeah, this is Matt Hardy. He's just great. But it was a completely organic face turn. Yeah, it was. It really and was. we all just bought it. And, and and the BTE stuff only helped because everyone loves him on BTE anyway. So, anyway, I just thought I'd point that out. We, no one even talked about it, but he had a completely organic face turn this year. There's anyway. a wrestler at MLW with the last name Skywalker. That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry. All right, keep going. <laughs> It, it better it, he better be able he if he doesn't do flippy shit then he, he better Skywalker be a heel. He's the MLW World Middleweight Champion. I was just kind of looking up like where these guys have wrestled. <laughs> Interesting. All right. All right. Sorry. Fascinating <laughs> stuff. No, I, I, I just I had no idea. Um, we had a sky blue squash. She got some nice cartwheel offense and she's just firing on all cylinders lately. Lately, you know what I'd like to see? This is just a thought. I'd like to see a sky blue promo. Um, I'd actually and yeah, I'm into that. And they finally gave her, I think it's a flatliner she uses, a win. It's called the Skyfall. I like it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, anyway. So then we had, oh, Charlie. 
Oh, I knew this week was starting off hot when we had Dalton Castle and the boys on Day W Dark Elevation. Man, I popped, and so did the crowd, dude. The, the, the Dark Elevation crowd popped, which is something that doesn't happen, you know? Um, it just doesn't. Especially when, like, when the, just in general. I mean, this, they're just kind of dead, you know? And Dalton Castle and the boys came out, and it was just the vibe was there. Uh, the peacock of pro wrestling is back. Uh, he was just chucking people around. I love the way he suplexes, dude. I just, you know how my prototype wrestler is, and Dalton Castle is literally it. It's crazy, like just big really meaty is. man that throws around the meat. You know, <sighs> he just tosses meat all over the all over the meat wagon. Anyway, um, the and he was tossing boys. Oh my god, I love that spot so much. The tossing the boys. Yeah, Obviously, that didn't work at the battle royal, but <laughs> but that was still awesome. Oh, just really good stuff. Picked up the win with the bangerang. Love it. Great name for a finish. Uh, George Joel got a got a nice, uh, interesting new. Was it new music for George Joel? I think so. Okay, I'm cool with that. Uh, took on Frankie Kazarian. You guessed it. Um, it was just uh, this was a basically a big meaty mean big meaty men slapping meat match itself. Uh, hitting the ropes, Irish whips, and then there was like a driver slam thing. Um, Joel looked good, and uh, I'm not sure why Frankie got a win here, but you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure Frankie won this. Let me let me just yeah, verify. No, he did, he did. Okay, okay, just checking it. I didn't write down the exact result, but when I put good effort for Joel, and I was assuming that meant he lost. He lost, but I, I wasn't one of the best. Reader. But next was I think actually probably one of my favorite matches of the week. Weirdly, even though it was on elevation, which was Mascara Dorada versus Serpentico. I wanted to write down Serpentico's record at the start of this match, Charlie, and I did. Do you want to hear it? Let's hear it. He is thirteen and ninety-two in AEW. At least he gets booked a lot. Right? That's that's consistency. Yeah. And um, oh, that was the news that I read. Him and Luther have transitioned into coach roles, yes, I think. Yes, good, good. Yep, that was it. And that so, was the news I couldn't remember. The other thing was important too, but that was the one. And I believe Jericho did as well, so confirming it. But Serpentico, I think, is going to be less. Uh, both of them are both. I think Luther is pretty much done wrestling, and I think Serpentico will be probably sporadically wrestling matches on Dark, I would imagine, not do. Yeah. Um. So that 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 I'm gl- I'm so glad, I'm so glad that I that my brain jogged that as I got to this match. It makes sense that it would, but I just didn't think it would. Perfect. Anyway, so yeah. For those of you who don't know, Mascara Dorado was uh, actually Grand Metal League in WWE. And if for those of you who don't even know further, I actually was one of my favorite luchadors. Period. In the last like ten years, to be honest with you, um, and just absolutely great stuff. Good timing on the Asai moonsault is good stuff. Um, you know, there was a good sell on the complete shot. You know, Serpentico, again, I always say this about Serpentico. Serpentico sells like crazy, and I think he sells like crazy. And we got the Dorada driver, Dorada driver for the win. And uh love that move. Just classic. And I'm excited. I hope they sign this guy to like an actual deal. I would like to see that. Um because as far as I'm aware, I don't know if he's under contract or not. But yeah, it feels if he's like not, he's still kind of wrestling all over the world. So mm-hmm. so if he's if he's interested, sign him. If he's not you know, maybe, maybe Triple H, maybe, maybe Brother H will scoop him up again. But, uh, and then I believe now, yep, we're on to the main event of the evening. And the Butcher and the Blade. Is it the third week in a row the Butcher and the Blade have gotten the main event of Elevation, Charlie? Like, what is going on? Yeah. I, I love it. Um, by the way, quick shout out to the commentary team on this show. It was Ian Riccoboni and Matt Menard. That is a great commentary team, by the way. Yeah, it is. I, 
It really is. Good good point there. Um and uh Blade hit this clothesline at one point that just absolutely murdered the one of the jobbers and uh the, the term hulking behemoths was thrown out there. I think that was an Ian Rickabani quote. Um and then they dragged the lake on him and stacked him up and picked up that W. And Charlie, that was EW Dark Elevation eighty one. Tell me what happened on Dark one sixty two. Yeah, AEW Dark. Uh no mascara no mascara dorada. I am with you with him. I'm a big fan of him myself. And let's let's put it out there in the world, because Danielson put it out there in the world. Let's hope those guys get a match together. I think that's an easy rampage. Yeah, I, I was hoping that we were gonna see him on TV or something. That, that was my thought. We both I think were thinking that, like, oh, he'll get this match. And then Danielson will end up winning the championship. Yeah, and as, then, of, as of right now, we only have one match announced for next week. So anything could happen. So that could still be a Danielson yep. match. He could, that could be like, maybe that's the... All right, here's an idea for you, Tony Khan. If you're not sure if you want to sign him yet or not, give him the match with Danielson and use that as your decision maker. Boom. Amen. So let's kick it off with Dark. Dark Order. John Silver and Alex Reynolds defeated Zuka and Alexander Moss. This was quick. Again, just kind of building up uh, Silver and Reynolds. Speaking of records, I mean, those guys have fucking been stat padding a lot lately. Amy Sakura. Uh, what's that? Wait, just do you think maybe they face a claim? That'd be a great match. I could see it. Okay. I'd dig it, actually. Um, Emi Sakura picking up another victory here, defeating Avery Bro. Emi Sakura, he, she's uh, turning that record around. She's almost 50-50. Speaking of records, I, I've been noticing that. I think they're going to try and get her over the hump there. I hope so. I would like to see her get some some wins on she TV. That'd be the great. Salt. The Trustbusters, Ari Davari, Slim J, and Parker Boudreaux defeated Marcus Cross, GMK, and Mike Magnum. Very quick here, Boud- uh, Parker Boudreaux hit a back body slam on Magnum. This is followed by a frog splash and a pin from Davari. Charlie, I'm gonna I'm gonna show up at AEW Dark Universal tapings and punch these guys in the face. <laughs> Not the Trustbusters, the guys in the crowd. Yeah. They. Next match. Next match. It's garbage. Pretty bad, dude. It's pretty bad. Um, speaking of, where's it going next? Uh, indie shit bags. My God, Anthony Gogo defeated Luke Curtis. What do you think of the indie shit bags promo? <laughs> I love that he finally called them out. Yeah, I'm sure he's not the only one that's pissed at those guys. I mean, why are you go-go. keeping why are you still letting you know what part of me thinks is that like three of them are wrestling writers or something and that that's why they get to do it because they're actually wrestling writers and they're just not known to the public as like famous because nobody knows who they are but they write about wrestling and they write positive things so they let them sit yeah that's my only theory you know what you should do if that's what you do if that's the case i'm inventing this scenario but if that's the case just put us in those seats and we'll actually care well, does, does this make you think maybe since he finally cut this promo? Because, I mean, it's been about – it says it's been about 14 months since he's been on the show. I mean, is it time? I, I really liked him on commentary. I'm not saying keep him on commentary. I'm saying I liked him being involved on commentary and also wrestling. I don't know why. It's like they didn't want to do anything with the guy. I don't understand why. Are against Wardlow? Like what? That's that They are because they, they can't – they don't want – because if we're being honest – a heel Anthony Agogo going up against a babyface Wardlow who's still kind of middling right now. He's still over with the crowd, but they probably need to take the title off of him at some point soon, you know? That might be a good person to put it on because Anthony Agogo hasn't really done much and he's still kind of recovering to this day from the Cody thing, you know? Um, 
So I, 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 I really hope when next time we see him on Dynamite or Rampage, which we've been saying for a year now, I hope when it happens, he doesn't get those chants. So, you know, he's, he's in front of 30 people now. It's probably like 50, but yeah, uh, we'll see. Zach Clayton defeated Very Morales. Who? Wait, who? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. What the fuck? Um, I think Tony's impressed with Clayton, man. I mean, I don't know. I he, Bro, you can't be bringing these outlaw indie talent on these shows like this. He almost fought a fan in the crowd. I mean, you can't you can't bring in unknown guys that do that. He got a promo afterwards, put himself over. He won with the flying neckbreaker. Yeah. Um, Marina Shafir defeated La Rosa Negra. Um, this was pretty pretty quick here. Uh, Shafir submitted Negra with a leg arm based submission about 90 seconds. So Madison Rain defeated Viva Van. Um Van kind of got control, didn't last long. Rain delivered a rotating neckbreaker for the victory. After the match, uh, Madison just cut like a like a like a happy go lucky promo. She's happy to be here at AEW, and we're happy to have her. Kylan King defeated Sahara Seven, spelled S E Seven E N. Kind of cool. Tony Nice and Josh Woods defeated Balianaki. Is that right? And Ryan Matthews. Correct. All right. Um, I still don't like these guys as a tag. I don't think I ever will. Hopefully I do. I like them both individually. The funny thing is they, they work as a tag team. They just, there's nothing going on there. So yeah. And I like them both individually, just not buying it as a tag for some reason. Sunny kiss with the trust busters defeated Joe Acacio. This was pretty quick here, but um, he, he fell victim to the eye gouge. Kiss gave uh, and then hit a corkscrew kick for the win. Matt Seidel in our main event here. Yep. Defeated JD Drake. Um, so a couple of longtime AEW guys here getting the main event. They wrestle on dark quite often. And uh, yeah, I thought this was a nice little main event here. Matt Seidel ended up hitting the lightning spiral for the victory. After the match, Anthony Henry attacked Seidel. And the show ended with the workhorseman standing tall. So the workhorseman versus Dante Martin and Matt Seidel, probably. Seems oh, like, yeah, possibly. Seems that, like that, yeah, that'd be a good. Yeah, I could see that. Be like a mid-card match for yeah. the uh, anniversary show or something. Yeah, so. Or just the dark main event. So jumping off of that, let's jump into uh, Grand Slam, Garrett. And we had uh, four hours of matches. Um, and we started off with. Chris Jericho and Claudio Casanelli for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Uh, what do you think of this one? Boy, what what a shocker to open the show, right? Um, the crowd was hot for this match here, brother. Um, it was Uppercut City. They, they, they Oh, my God, that suplex off the apron spot. Uh, um, one of the best... Uh, spots uh reversal spots i think i've seen in a match was a hurricane rana reversed into a ricola bomb reversed into another hurricane rana didn't ex- i didn't expect me seeing that um the oh and uh the hit this is cool i didn't expect this and this might be something that some older wrestlers are more willing to do i don't think has claudio hit that stomp on the back of the neck on anybody so far i don't believe so I hope he's doing that against people that are older because they're like, okay, if that does end their career, like it did with Regal, you know, like, cause, cause that was the whole point of why Regal did it, you know, in WWE. Um, cause I don't think he would have done that. I mean, Claudio might've done it in WWE, but I don't, 
I, I, this is a special spot, though. I, I noticed it. It stuck out to me. I think he's adapting the Blackpool Combat Club strategy, the way of life. I kind of like that, that Regal's career got ended by that, and now he's telling that to do that to everybody. It's good. It, it's it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great near falls all throughout the match. Uh, their springboard European uppercut into a code breaker. Just gnarly spot. Um, and I was, I was just absolutely surprised that they put the belt on Jericho here. Um, I didn't think he needed it. I don't think he needs to be an eight time world champion. I mean, if he was going to be an eight time world champion, why not be the AEW world champion? You know, Um, I got a slight complaint about them calling it an eight time world champ. Okay. Because they didn't count it for Danielson's. When they were listing off Danielson's championships, they never counted the title. They never counted CM Punk's title. So now all of a sudden you're counting Ooh. it for Jericho? Is it because I mean they own Ring of Honor now though? That's, that's the what other I was about thing. to say. Is it because Tony? It might be because they own Ring of Honor, so that now they consider it. So when they yeah. do the next tournament of champions, inevitably, for something, are they gonna call Claudio a one time world champion? How I hope is that so. Work? No, they have to, because that was the whole point. You know what? That might be why, Charlie, because they made a big deal out of Claudio winning his first world championship being the Ring of Honor world championship, and now and, they kind of have to treat it like an I'll important say. championship. Here's what I'll say. I can get over this. I'm, I I can fully get over this, but let's uh, let's make sure we do acknowledge that Danielson is a world champion. And now, I totally could be wrong here, but when they addressed Danielson, it, it was that he was a three-time champ, correct? And, and I'll go back and check that. Or, or a, a five-time champion. Jesus, he won the WWE Championship four times. Holy fuck. I forgot that. Uh, one, one of those was a World Heavyweight Championship match that he lost to Sheamus in 30 seconds. Yeah, okay. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so let's make sure then, if if we're going with this now, let's acknowledge the history then, right? So... Here's here's the perfect example I'll give you, and then I'll jump off this point here. Kyle O'Reilly. He yeah. is a Ring of Honor world champion. Yep. I, I want to make sure that inevitably, when they're discussing Kyle, they are referring to him as a former world champion then. Because I don't think they're going to. I, I don't. It's Dalton Castle. Former world champion, right? Can you re- Okay, my question is this, Charlie. Can you refer to Adam Cole as a former world champion? Yes, he's a former three-time world champion. And NXT then yes, count. If the NXT championship counts as a world championship, then why doesn't Ring of How Honor? How many times did he win the NXT title? Because he won the Ring of Honor three times. How many? Oh, true. NXT. I was thinking NXT. He won that so at least a couple NXT, of times. He won NXT once. See, but NXT is not a, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, some people would go back and forth on that. I think especially ever since the 2.0 hit has kind of really diminished that again too, but... And then we'll see. Yeah, and then uh, Roosh, also. So they have referred to Roosh as a former world champion before. Okay, I think. Okay. I believe so. That might be just me inventing that. That I like looked into it and I saw it, and maybe I just inserted that. Uh, it's hard to know. This, this kind of shit matters to me, and I never really. Oh, it does. It does, and they got to be consistent about it if they're gonna do. If they're gonna use those things to be the accolades as to why the reason why these people were all put in this tournament, you got to get it right, dude. You can't. Because even though short change went through a weird couple of years there. That title still has that lineage. Bandito is a world champion. PCO won that title. By the way, Ring of Honor was hot when he won that title. That that still baffles me. I that, that was fucking weird, man. Anyways, um, 
Yeah, I, I'll agree with you on this match. It was very surprising. It was heavy hitting. Um, Garrett, I don't like the result. I I don't I don't agree with it either. I really was hoping to see Claudio get like a decent title reign, and I I really didn't expect him to, to hot shot the title around before. It's been Ring a of Honor days. gets a TV. It's because... Sunday now. It's been a couple days, and you guys are probably listening to this Sunday or Monday. I, I'm curious. I would love to know what everyone else thinks. Uh, but Garrett, I I I'm I'm not a fan of this. Uh, but let's keep up with our tradition here. Let's let's go through okay. his title reign real quick. Perfect. Because even though it is Ring of Honor, it is still. Uh, this, AEW. by the way, unironically, one of the better title reigns of the year, just off yeah. jump because of the like three or four title matches oh, he had. And, go and, ahead. So here we go. Uh, he wanted a death before dishonor, and he wanted against Jonathan Gresham. That was a shocking result at the time, and we haven't seen Gresham since. So I'm assuming all that shit was true. Probably. Battle yeah. of the Belts three: Claudio versus Konosuke Takeshita. Banger. It says here it, Meltzer gave it four four point seven five. Holy shit! Damn. What a match. Twenty minutes. <coughs> Excuse me. We then jump into Rampage. Claudio versus Dustin Rhodes. Very solid. Phenomenal match. AW Dark, Claudio versus Ari Divari. That's the one that everyone says is the worst. I think. Unfortunately, given what we're up against, yeah, that's still a good match, though. Oh, you know, it was still good, and that was one of the few matches recently where Divari. <clears throat> I felt like he got a title match that he does he's earned by doing the whole trustbuster thing. You know. Agreed. And then, the longest match, AW Rampage, Claudio versus Dax Harwood. Oh, that. I, I, I think that's still one of my favorite matches this year, man. That was so that good. That was a really good one. And then Grand Slam, Jericho defeats Claudio. So my favorite match is, is Claudio versus Takeshita uh, for, for a multitude of reasons. But at that was when Takeshita, we kind of knew. That was, he was peak Takeshita right there. Yep. That was, we were just. We honestly were like, is it, will he, will he, could he win this? Like, I wouldn't. Have obviously been, not. No, but, yeah. But, I mean. Could you imagine? But Claudio ended up being a... Claudio six- goes to DDT to fight for the Ring of Honor world title? So Claudio was champion for 60 days. Again, feels much longer than that. Uh, but yeah, that was his title reign. Um, your favorite match from it, Dax? Probably, but I mean, I really liked the match with Kanosuke. It'd be a toss-up. I'd have okay. to... You'd have to force me to choose, and I would probably go with Dax just because I see him more, but, uh, I, you know, like... Ugh. That, we that didn't do this match. for Gresham, but Gresham had like fucking eighteen title defenses, and it wasn't all under AEW's banner. So it, this was that was before it got to AEW. So it also wasn't he technically not the champion when he won the unification match. I, I mean, technically he was, but it was yeah. not considered like it, the, uh, Bandito was actually supposed to be the champion, right? At that point, you know what? You know what? I, uh, here's what I'll say. I'm not gonna bury Jericho because Jericho's fucking great. I, I, I don't. I don't hate on Jericho like a lot of. I'm sure uh, you guys listen to podcasts that hate on Jericho. And look, I totally get it. I personally don't. Here's what I'll say. Now, going away from Claudio, right? We just had six title defenses in 60 days. Jericho's not going to have his, maybe one in 60 days, man. Like, I don't understand this. I, Jericho doesn't work that much. It's, it's got to be related to – now that I really think about it, it has to be related to the TV deal. I cannot see why else you would put this on Jericho. Is it even – That, that it you could not equally put it on Danielson or or even Garcia for that matter, you know? like I literally think it's just stat padding. And like I, 
I no, I don't think Jericho cares about title wins that much. I think if he did, he would have been. Yeah, he but now he's on to his next character, the Ocho. Like this, that's that's what this is. Yeah, but he could do that with the AEW World Title. That doesn't need to be the Ring of Honor World Title. I well, think. Agreed. It, I it think totally could be that one. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird, right? So, yeah, all good, all good. Uh, moving on, we will jump into. We covered the acclaimed. Yep. Um, there was a backstage yep. segment after the acclaim. Lexi Nair interviewed FTR backstage, congratulated the acclaim on their win, said they've been number one ranked since April. They're about to challenge for the champs until the gun club interrupted and called themselves the younger FTR. Now, if we get this match on dynamite, I think, yeah, I think it's number one contenders, right? That's the idea. If not, I think FTR could get the best match out of the guns. Oh, I hope so. I, I really think just because I know the kind of people they are. Mm-hmm. And they they want everyone around them to be the best that they can. I think they want to go out there and have the best match that the Guns have ever had, and they want that honor of, of saying that they did it. Bro, these men, and I I think you can really say this: these men literally got Jason Jordan a lifetime deal with WWE by making him look like he actually knew what he was doing. Like, I think the Guns need this too. By the way, like. They need I don't think no, matches. I think they're fine. I think I think they need to do but something. They They've just been match. off TV. They They've need been off TV. Their cap the that we can all look to and be like, that was the one. These guys can go. They don't have it yet. There's not a single gun club match that I can go like, that was the one. Because what what would we point to? That dumpster match? No, we Yeah, that would be the one. And I think that actually unironically is a good match, but I don't think it's like I don't know if that's what you want to hang your hat exactly. on. You know? You want a, I want a 15-minute FTR match that we're all like, holy shit, those guys actually know their shit. Um, let's jump into this Tony Schiavone thing here. Uh, he's interviewing Wheeler Yuta on the stage. MJF interrupts. This is like David versus Goliath in promos. Uh, MJF called Schiavone a fat old prick. Told Yuta he was mid. He'd never receive a reaction like that in his life. <laughs> excuse me, said the crowd loved him and the crowd would drink his spit and allow him to sleep in any of their wives. Um, Yuta then calls him spineless, just like he walked out on AEW. MJF wished good luck to the Blackpool cuckold club and whoever wins will lose to him. He ran down Moxley and Danielson. Uh, when he got to Regal and he referenced pills, Yuta decked him. MJF got a headbutt shoved this was a big one here. Shove Shivani down. And Yuta shot a double leg. Morrissey made the save and attacked Yuta along with MJF. So are we going if to get a thing, you son of a bitch. Are we gonna get a thing where MJF kind of runs through some of the Blackpool Combat Club, maybe? I mean, I could see that. He faces Wheeler Yuta, then he faces Danielson. Maybe that's a match. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, I could see that. Yeah. Like, maybe he starts talking smack about the wrong ones. I'd love to see William Regal walk up and smack him in the face. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it's this MJF whole thing's going to be awesome. Uh, and leave Tony out of it, you son of a bitch. That was, that was unexpected. Um, we get a segment from earlier in the day with Diamante interrupting Jade Cargill and told her that her backup at the TBS title match at Rampage is rapper Trina. This upset Jade, who asked if Kiara Hogan knew about this before <coughs> storming off. AW bringing out more hip-hop legends. Uh, it's... It's something that I, I find really cool. I mean, it's I, I'm not like super deep into, you know, hip hop history and all these legends, but we follow people that are like Righteous Reg and, and other guys that get like super excited about this. So 
hey, just because it's I, I, it's not, you know, I'm not freaking out about Trina being there. The fact that she is and that other people are, look, that's fucking awesome, you know? Absolutely. It's just, you can't go wrong with shit like that. Just like the West Side Gun stuff. By the way, did you see the picture of West Side Gun on stage with Daniel Garcia and he has the AEW World Championship? <laughs> I guess that was at a concert this past weekend. That's fucking That's awesome. Um, we had our Orange Cassidy versus Pack match. So here we go, mm-hmm. Garrett. Yeah, women's fatal four way for the interim AEW World Championship match. Uh holy shit! Athena went god mode here. Um, yeah, Athena's best match in AEW so far. She, you'd think she won with me saying that she didn't win. Garrett, this didn't even come close. Uh, I'll go further. She didn't even come close to winning. She didn't come close <laughs> to winning, but she went fucking god mode. That's the only way I know how to describe it. She finally felt like the Athena that we saw for years down in NXT, black and gold. Yep. And this was a 10-minute match. It had some good time. It felt well-paced. <laughs> and I think everyone brought their all. I think oh, this dude, there was really so many ever. great things. There were so many great things in this match. Yeah. Uh, take it away from here. What did, what did you think of this one? So, uh, first of all, we started off hot and fast because Athena, I believe, got some new music. Um, it did I think, sound right? It, it sounded new. If, it might, maybe if a remix. Not, maybe they, yeah. Maybe they taped up the stuff. So yeah. I don't know. Either way, it seemed fresh, either, even if it wasn't. So, either they just haven't heard music or I just could, did not remember it. Either way, I, I was like, okay, music. Anyway, then they started off even hotter. Sarita Deeb hit the coolest pin combo I think I've ever seen on two different people at the same time. I don't know how that would have been scored, but it would have been awesome. That um, was really neat. That would have been a unique test for the referees on the week where he told him to tighten things up if they actually pulled that off. Maybe that's why she did it, just to fuck with him. But um, <laughs> meanwhile, I think I think Turner was the referee for this match. I don't know, actually. I think so. But um, he just been like, I guess, I guess they both lose. But... Um, but anyway, yeah, so there was a couple of really great spots. Um, there was a uh, a little bit of a Tower of Doom spot. I was not expecting to see that in AEW. That's usually not an AEW thing, you know, the whole infinite Tower of Doom spot thing. It's a very yeah. indie mark kind of, and they kind of got away from that a little bit, you know. I'm, but, I, you know, it's a very NXT thing as well, so maybe that's why they went for it. But um, there was a really cool spot where there was two, I don't remember who it was, I think it was Deeb. And maybe, ah, I can't remember who was on the other side, but someone else and Deeb had a single leg crab both on at the same time and they were staring each other down. Uh, I thought that was a really good spot. Then we got a little uh, slap fest uh, during that as well. That was cool. And eventually that broke up both uh, both holds without somebody tapping. Um, and honestly, Athena, I, I agree. Athena was like really hot and all over this match. Um, there was a really sick reversal she hit at one point. Um, so the match ends, um, after, uh, I believe, I I can't remember exactly how Tony Storm gets the advantage, but she ends up retaining. Yeah. So Athena hits the spinning face buster on storm. Dean Mm -hmm. breaks the count. Athena sent Deeb outside, ran into storm, uh, ran into Tony storm in a tornado Mm -hmm. DDT. Baker hit a curb Ah. stomp. She nearly got a curb stop, but Storm countered it with a roll-up victory. So uh, she rolled up Britt Baker. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, and then Britt Baker starts to attack and lay on, and uh, Jamie Hayter's music hits. And we're all like, is this the moment where Jamie Hayter makes a save? She comes down, clears the ring with the chair, and she attacks the other girls. Okay. 
guess we're not going that way yet. Um, first, before we move on from that, Charlie, thoughts? Yeah, um, she attacks Tony, so I'm like, maybe Baker mended this. I don't know. I, I, I don't it's know. It's starting to get ridiculous at this it point. Is. But I accept it because what happened next kind of took a little bit of that away. It was necessary because, Charlie, I remember sending you a rumor earlier in the day because I just randomly saw it on Twitter and I was like, but there's no way. It seemed like so far away. We hadn't heard barely. That was literally the first rumor I'd heard all year that there had even been any discussions yep. between uh, who debuted next, which was, uh, I'm going to get it right here, Soraya? Yep, Soraya, the former Soraya. WWE page. Page here. Page here. Um, just what a pop. What a reaction. I I saw some assholes online being like, well, she didn't do anything physical, so she's obviously not cleared. We don't know anything. Why don't you let Paige, Soraya, tell us yep. what the deal is before you decide what is and what isn't. And honestly, I'm going to be real with you, Charlie. Even if she was just like the GM, I'm cool with that. Yeah. She was great at it. What? You're going to tell me that she wasn't? Just having her back. Having her presence is great. Yeah. Imagine what she could offer to the locker room. I mean. Agreed. And it's just, it's a nice hand no matter which way you look at it. Absolutely. Um, also, she came out to a Falling in Reverse song. That's fucking awesome. Called Zombified. I actually listened to that. I listened to that song a little while back. I, it was it was a pretty good song. I actually like that song. Pretty nice. And uh, so, yeah. So this this is a big get for the company. Um, is I, this I love it. is this their biggest free agent women signing? It's it's got to be close, right? Who would be up? Ruby Soho for a long time, right? Would have been it. Yeah, no, this this is the biggest one. Maybe Athena, because Athena is technically like she's like a like she's almost like the uh the untested rookie, if you will, because yeah. we don't know what well, she can do. Like NXT, you know, Tony Storm. I mean they did have main roster runs, but they're you know. Yeah, this But is, Paige is like a multi time world champion, like Exactly. So yeah. Um, which Garrett, that takes us into the main event. So we go here, it's the tournament of champions, the finale. John Moxley, Brian Danielson. I I mean, MGF is in the crowd in the balcony with the chip. It's almost funny. I he's love like, that too. They as soon as the bell rang, pan straight up to MJF and he's got right. a look on his face. Like he knew they were gonna pan up to him because he had a look on his face like, all right, let's go. You know? And it was so cool, man. And this match, the Blackpool Combat Club, I gotta say it really delivered, man. Um I mean, now yeah. I was personally rooting for Danielson to win. That wasn't, that wasn't what happened. But it's not like I'm mad at Moxley for winning. I mean, no, he's a three-time no. world champ now. Um, And now we enter this Moxley and MJF storyline that has been kind of, you know, from the ground up. It's been, it's been getting really exciting. So, yeah, I'm going to let you take the lead here. What did you think of this match uh, in, in total and... And the the result here for our first three time AEW World Champion. Uh, like I said, uh, or, or I said, like you said, uh, yeah, you can't really fault Moxley for winning here because, you know, John Moxley a couple of weeks ago said that he wanted the ball. He has the ball. Um, I expect him to be an ace now. 
that John Moxley became. You know what happened in this match, Charlie? John Moxley became the ace of AEW. Motherfucker is supposed to be on vacation right now, and, and, and motherfucker is the ace. He's the ace, bro. I love. He it. is. Um, like I said, I love that little pan shot up to MJF. That was great. Just like whoever did that, give him a raise. Give that camera person or that camera tech or that director. Or if it was you, Tony Khan, give yourself a little bonus. Fuck it. You're already rich. You need no, like, like you don't need the money anymore, but just give yourself like five bucks, Tony. Um, anyway, um, buy yourself, buy yourself an ice cream cone. Buy yourself a CM Punk ice cream bar. You can go to Starbucks today. You don't have to go to Wawa. (laughs) Absolutely. Perfect. Um, get Christopher Daniels to get you your coffee today. No, anyway. Um, I don't know why I keep going on this bit. It's not funny, but anyway, uh, yeah, no, there was a German, German suplex spot on the apron. That was really good. The, the, the match was very technical. Again, I always say this every time these two touch, but like, and every time Moxley wrestles somebody that's considered technically sound. Um, but, uh, very technical opening to this match. Cause Moxley, he don't sleep on him, man. He's a really solidly good wrestler. He just doesn't always, he likes the, he likes the death match stuff. And I don't blame him for that. You know? Um, I actually, he's making me like it more and more that I watch his GCW stuff, you know, so, um, uh, more power to him, you know? Um, and I, I really honestly, oh God, that avalanche back suplex, dude, honestly, this match was just really like, it was, they wanted you to believe that Danielson, and I love that Danielson is always in, no matter what, he's always in control, even when he's going to lose. Like he's literally in control the whole match and then he just makes a mistake and that's why he loses. It's such a great, it's, it makes him such a threat constantly throughout every part of the match. They actually traded a lot more submissions than I expected to. Not that again, John Moxley uses, he uses a lot more submissions than I like to think, but he uses them in a different way. Like that's a lot of Danielson's offense. So he now kind of has to counter back that way. He's also trying to remove slowly pieces of Danielson's arsenal, like, you know, going after the arm and stuff like that, you know? So really love that stuff. I love the little uh, strike exchange they had standing on their heads. That was pretty cool. It looked like it was really difficult. (laughs) Um, And uh, we had some repeated stomps to the head. Um, We had a death rider on the ramp, just absolute chaos. And John Moxley is now your AEW world champion once again. And, I have to say, if the interim AEW World Championship title ring was any, any, any bit of what we're about to get from John Moxley as world champion, boy, the rest of this year and the beginning of next year is looking strong, Charlie. And I think we have his next three matches, and it looks awesome. It looks awesome. So I'm really excited for it. Great. I mean, what a fucking awesome dynamite, man. Um, really, the Grand Slam dynamite really delivered again. So let's hope they come back to this every year. This is a fun show at Arthur Ashe. The crowd is awesome. I mean, we didn't really talk about it, but the crowd during that Jericho, that first match, it was, it came alive so well, you know? So really good stuff. So let's jump into Rampage, huh? Yeah. And Rampage, we kick off with Darby Allen and Sting defeating the House of Black with Julia Hart in a no DQ match. Um, the House of Black featuring Brody King and Buddy Matthews. Right away, I mean, they they jumped him on their entrance. Uh, the jumping being uh, Sting and Darby Allen, and it just it, it got going instantly, dude. I mean, in like two minutes, King set up Sting for a suplex, and Allen broke it up with an Avalanche Code Red. <laughs> two minutes into the match 
He hits his high-speed plancha on Matthews. Matthews cut that off with a knee. Uh, they So the bigger spot here is Hart and King handcuffed staying in the ring. They go to commercial. They come back. And Matthews is being led from Julia Hart, uh, holding Sting's back, back to the ring, where Sting is handcuffed and bleeding from his forehead. Matthews goes to crack him over the head with the bat. Lights go out, and the fucking Great Muda arrives and saves Sting. Great Muda gets his new entrance. He's, he's <laughs> and just this massive reaction from the crowd. The Great Muda saves Sting. Sprays green mists on Matthews. Julia takes a fall where she literally falls through the back of a table. Her head hits the concrete, it looks like. I think she might have pulled her head up enough to where she actually didn't really contact it. But my God, that could have been dangerous. I, I really hope she did. Like, when she felt like... Because I'm, I'm sure when if you suddenly had, like, just barely... You're expecting it to break your fall more. When it doesn't, I assume your instinct as a wrestler hopefully is to protect yourself. But I don't... You know, it's, it's hard when you're literally falling backwards like that, you know, but... Right, Uh-oh. and and so this is That's really the second cool. time a table has not been positioned correctly in a match with Brody King. I'm starting to sit, Brody King, you're banned from no DQ for a while. Get your shit together. Yeah, right, and so this is an awesome little spot. This is uh, the Great Muda's last year wrestling, so this is a fun little thing. I saw today that they're going to be Sting's going to be there for his last match. Um, Involved, I think, even too. I think they're probably yeah, so, gonna be Garrett. I know you gotta fuck it. You gotta think this is cool. He's all Japan pro wrestling. I mean, absolutely. The great Muda, a, a legend in the wrestling business, and you know, I I really like that Tony Khan does stuff like this. And you know, he wasn't kidding. He said before die before Grand Slam. He said it's going to be surprising. I'm going to have surprises, and you don't know if that means booking results. You don't know if that means this or that. But genuinely, he he kept his word, man. Every there were a lot of fun filled surprises. Like this doesn't hurt anyone. The green mist actually, if anything, really helps the story here. Because of Malachi Black's black mist that he had been using. Like, if anything, you would think this was intended from the beginning. Which takes us back to john moxley it may have been i think uh, charlie i'm gonna say something out of turn here i think the plan was still all the way up till when all out was gonna happen i think it was gonna be darby or sorry darby i think it was gonna be malachi versus sting yeah and this spot would have been in that match maybe and or maybe it would have been in this match at the end anyway either way yeah because House of Black has had a similar blow off like this, like with the uh, Varsity Blondes and stuff like that, where there was the finale with Julia Hart and all that, and that had been building up for months. So, which <sighs> which takes us to kind of a yeah, man. So, uh, but yeah, really, really exciting stuff. I was I was so excited. Like you said, all Japan Pro Wrestling was president for like like ten years or something like that, almost, or it was like two thousand two to two thousand thirteen. I think I read just now, like um, member of Pro Wrestling Noah, which a lot of people don't aren't going to realize this, but a lot of the New, the all Japan people that were in all Japan in the nineties, do, do you know where they went, Charlie? After after the death of uh, Giant Baba, they went to pro wrestling Noah. Hey, so, okay. um, so that's why there's so many great Noah matches from that time period. But, um, well, that and various other reasons, you know. But, 
Um, but yeah, anyway, so that, yeah, just great to see Muda. And I'm really excited to see. I kind of hope that there's a way we can watch that Muda and Sting deal. Um, I'll definitely tune into that because that'll be interesting. You know, I, 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 I said for months on this show, I was not watching Ric Flair's last match and then I did. So, you know. <laughs> Anything happens, right? So let's jump into Hook and Action Bronson. They defeated Angela Parker and Matt Menard. This was a fun little match here. I mean, this was Action Bronson wrapping the entrance. Yeah, that was really surreal, seeing him wrapping it while Hook walked down to the ring, yeah, while he walked down so to the ring. That was man. just This doesn't hurt a beautiful anyone. Moment. This is a fun match, and the crowd loved it. And Menard got caught with the red rum. They both got hit with the red rum. And yeah, they both tapped out. So fun little ending here. I mean, this was this doesn't hurt anyone. It's five minutes, and the crowd loved it. So you know, absolutely. And Bronson can say he's wrestled a match now. So you know, <coughs> right. if they, do, you know what? Here's an idea. No matter what Hook does from now on, screw it. Do this once a year at Grand Slam. Have him and Bronson team up. If Bronson can do it, that is, and wants to do it, and is still capable, right? I think this would be great. Give get let him shoulder tackle people like John Cena. They looked great, by the way. The shoulder tackles and the little bit of offense that yeah. he did hit. It was he good. Fast. He he's he's a little bigger. Yeah, but he moved quick. He has that kind of um almost that build that Bully Ray had in like the tooth like the mid two thousands TNA where he's like he's that, muscular. Yeah. He's muscular, but he's not like he's built big. You know, he's not built small. So even when he's muscular, he looks bigger than the average guy. You know. Um, not in like a bad way, just that he just looks meatier because he's a meaty, he's a meaty man, you know. Boy, he's the meaty um, boy. But yeah, good stuff. He said it was short, but it worked. Which then that takes us to the burial of <sighs> Tony Nese and Josh Woods. Uh, yeah, Wardlow and ROH World TV Champion. So our TV champions teamed up to defeat Tony Nese and Josh Woods, and they beat him in two minutes. They squashed him. Joe hit a muscle buster. I mean, this this wasn't even a match. I mean, they beat the living fuck out of him. And Tony Nese and Josh Woods, you possibly can't recover from this as a tag. So I'm assuming they're dead as a tag team, which probably is a good thing. I'm Sim Mark Sterling might just be dead. He might just be dead. It doesn't hurt to have your TV champions get a fucking, you know, a clear cut. Yeah, but literally they... Didn't want to put either of these guys in a title match on this show because they couldn't justify it. So they put them both in a tag match, which is even worse. Like, Yeah, I, I respect getting them on the show, but at the same time, it's like we need Wardlow to get in a few. You know what you should have done? And nobody has the balls to do this. Non-title Wardlow versus Joe TV champion showdown. That's what it should have been. We need Wardlow to wrestle a fucking wrestler. As dumb as it sounds, we needed to happen. Because he's a wrestler. He's what? Because because you know why? Because Wardlow is a wrestler, but they make him wrestle like he's a giant meat man. But he's and he is a giant meat man. But he's a giant fast meat man that throws people around like he's Taz or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's jump into our longest match of the night here. Jungle Boy Jack Perry defeated Ray Phoenix. Um, this match was fucking awesome. Actually, they got going fast. This was their first time in a singles match. And yeah, you can definitely tell they've wrestled before. Um, yeah, in their tag matches, but this was money, man. I mean this this did feel like something we'd see on just every uh, a dynamite. Mm-hmm. You know, just your kind of average go to dynamite. So did it feel Grand Slam? Not necessarily, 
But at the same time, I didn't mind having uh, a fucking badass match just in the middle of the show and have a two hour uh, rampage. So it was a special rampage. So, yeah, man, uh, I think it worked. Phoenix taking the L doesn't kill him here because Jack Perry, you know, this new singles run is starting off hot. And Luchasaurus came out with Christian Cage and he killed him. So he might he might not move. But what'd you think of this one? And then the uh, Luchasaurus little after party. Absolutely good stuff. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, Jungle Boy hit some nice chops. Uh, we, we know Phoenix uh, absolutely obliterated this man's chest. Uh, great selling. Great counters. They leaned into the palm strikes really heavily, which I really appreciated. Um, oh, and that I, I think I write this in every notes um, for Phoenix. Uh, but I really like the gory cutter as a move. Oh. Um, it's, a, it's a good move. It looks co- It looks really good. I mean, and the setup board is really unique looking too. They had a really nice Escalera from the stage too. That was really good. Um, and I liked the finish too. Uh, you know, Phoenix was all ready to hit the you know the the, the black fire driver, and uh, he got caught with a roll up, which you know not not enough matches end like that. There's plenty of moves you could counter into a roll up, and they just never seem to do it. So it's a good chance. And then at the end, uh, it looks like Jungle Boy has earned the respect of Ray Phoenix. Yeah. We get a pre-taped segment. Alex Marvez interviewed ROH champion Chris Jericho and the JAS to celebrate Jericho's Ocho world title win. There will be a championship celebration on Dynamite next week. Daniel Garcia had something to say to Jericho, but Jericho told him to save it for the celebration. Any idea what that could be? Um, I, I mean, obviously they're going to address the elephant. I mean, they're going to say what the deal with Garcia is, I think. Yeah. I think it's about time, too. Because you need to decide now. Do you want Ring of Honor's new foundation to be a united JAS or a divided JAS? That's a good way. Of Either way, it. it'll work because you have two JAS members as the founding member, as two champions. Um, Went from two combat club members to two JAS members. There's part of me that thinks that is the reason why they took the title off of Claudio because they didn't want the Ring of Honor world champion. And the same with Wheeler. They didn't want the Ring of Honor pure champion going up against the tag team champions because then it would just be like, well, we only have four wrestlers in Ring of Honor right now. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. That is a good point. We'll see. We'll see what goes on with that. So if that's the entire reason and it comes out later that that's, that they weren't given a reason and that that's their only assumption as to why I. That's a vast oversight by Mr. Khan. Uh, you don't need. The I mean, I, that, you know, I, let's jump into this. Let's jump into uh, Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara. So this match was supposed to happen a few weeks back, but uh, they got suspended. And but you know they're professionals, so they're going to work together. Sammy ha- grabs the house mic and tells Kingston, "You know what I've been wanting to tell you? You're a fat piece of shit." And Kingston flew off the handle, <laughs> gauging Guevara's <laughs> eyes. I thought this was a. I think you had to address that. You had to right in some way. I didn't know if it was going to be. Uh, I think I said in the pod last week, maybe Eddie just starts off the match by pie facing him, you know. But it's yeah, and this was of- the this was the this was the more the less leaning into the rumors version of that, you know, because we've seen the clip, we saw him say those exact words, so that they can play with, you know what I mean? Yeah. So because um, if you even watch the clip, obviously I don't think it really pissed Eddie off that much in the moment. I think he was just more pissed that Sammy just went against something that clearly was not didn't need to be said. And, and Eddie, it's not like Eddie was mad at the comment. He's mad that he's like, all right, if we're talking kayfabe, why would you? Want you know, to I I love that's over? what Eddie's argument was too. It wasn't no, don't bury me. 
you're no, you're just burying yourself. That's that's a wrestler's argument right yeah. there. You know what I mean? Like So this is a really So this is something we've never had in AEW. Um let's just jump into it here. Yeah. Basically, Sammy is kind of just getting his ass beat. Um, he got th- be hurricaned th- him like three times. This guy was not getting up if he ever wanted him to. And he's just getting destroyed. He gets the stretch plum locked in. The bell rings. Except Kingston refused to let go of the hold. Jerry Lynn came out to try and reason with Kingston. He wouldn't listen. This is Eddie Kingston's demons destroying him again. Yes. Eddie Kingston's demons, they constantly get the best of him. Security and other referees came out. Kingston wouldn't break the hold. Senior ref Paul Turner came out and reversed the decision, giving Guevara the victory. On commentary, Tony Schiavone informed that Tony Khan challenged Paul Turner to tighten up the officiating after some controversial calls on Dynamite Wednesday. We haven't had a DQ since the fucking MJF thing. Uh, how long ago was that? A year ago, feels like. This was a... I've never seen anything like this, Garrett. And... It works so well with the Eddie Kingston story. Eddie Kingston won the match, but he couldn't let go. He his own his blinded hatred. He's Anakin. He's fucking Anakin. It makes that moment at the beginning when Sammy says that even more smart on retroactively on Sammy's part because he knew what he was going to do. Sammy didn't even need to. So now when you look at Sammy in this match and he's not really fighting back against Eddie in some instances, you're like. Oh, that doesn't really make sense. Shouldn't he be trying to win? No, he doesn't care if he loses because he's going to win anyway. And now, he doesn't know that, but that's what yeah. he's banking on is that he's going to he's going to get to get the better of him, you know, or he's either going to take advantage of his anger and hit one of his high flying moves. But once Eddie starts beating him down, it more, becomes more likely that he's going to just win because Eddie just and then eventually he's literally knocked out because he's been triple hurricane, you know, Um so I, I, I agree with you. Eddie costing himself the win fits his character. I, I got to be honest with you, though. I'm not a fan of DQ. Fin- I guess not DQ. I'm not a fan of reversing the decision after the match. I've never seen um, anything like it. It's something that used to happen, I think. Um, <laughs> and it went away because it was really unpopular when it would happen. Um, but if you're going mean, to do it, you got to do it once in a blue moon. And it has to be done like this. This is so fitting for I think, honestly, I'm going to go a step further. This should be an Eddie thing. This should be something that him and characters like him only do. Yeah. It should not happen to the random guy that decides to hold on to a submission. Danielson shouldn't be getting counted out by the refs and having decisions reversed now. That's not how that's going to work. Because even if they wanted to make it seem like that was the case... They, they 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 should really just it should stick it would, it should stick with people that it makes more sense it needs to again everything can make sense in wrestling you just have to make it make sense and he hates this little shit so much in kayfabe and maybe true too that he <laughs> couldn't let go um so I, i'm gonna point this out because i just okay. i noticed on fightful select they kind of gave out some coaches for the matches now i'm assuming i don't know if the coach had anything to do with pitching this this finish but I'm going to give credit anyways because I think this is going off of something we talked about earlier. Christopher Daniels and Serpentico were the coaches for this match. So whether those guys pitched the finish, whether Eddie did, maybe Tony did, you know, maybe Sammy did. One of these six people. Oh, I, I this, this is an Eddie thing. This is so an Eddie thing. This feels so Eddie to me because Eddie would have. I, I could see Eddie being pissed sitting at home those two weeks and being like, I got to make something out of this, man. Coming up with a really good apology for Sammy, walking into Dynamite or whatever the hell he walked into that week, apologizing to the guy, shaking his hand, you know, 
or whatever the deal is that we found out that happened. Like, you know, making good with him and then being like, hey, I know you probably don't want to work with me now, but if you're willing to, I got this idea and you'll look good coming out of it. I'll look retroactively worse it, and I'll reverse the polls on this. And it, um, job well done. I mean, I'm interested to see where this goes next now. Yeah, because you could you could go back to heel Eddie now. You could go back that route because remember he was getting so frustrated with himself for a while that he literally turned heel a little bit, and then they you know he had to turn back face for the stuff with Jericho and stuff like that. But um, I I would love to see them play with this. I would love it, this could be a great storyline just for Eddie himself, not even involving other people. He's just solo, just not able to handle the pressure, and he keeps yeah. not being able to get it done. And do you know what? That's when you, when once he's gotten to that point where the crowd just can't stand him losing these big situations any longer, that's when you put the world title on him. Oh, yeah. So we have our dominant world champ over here, Jade Cargill, dominant uh, television champ, TBS champ, defeating Diamante in two and a half minutes. Uh, Diamante went for a crossbody on the floor for Cargill. Cargill caught her, gave her an F5 into the ring apron. She, she barely caught her, admittedly, yeah. but she caught her. Back in the ring, the Jaded Slam got Cargill the pinfall. After the match, Trina slapped Diamante and celebrated with Cargill. Trina joined the baddies for one night only. That's eh, fitting. Yeah. I mean, look, she's our dominant champ, and she dominated Diamante. I mean, no shock here, right? Are you are you blitzkrieged by this result? No. <laughs> So, I but know. I just I want them to take the title off of Jade so that Jade can just be world champion so that everyone can shut up. That would be interesting if that happens. Um, so let's not spend too much time on this battle royal because it's a battle royal. I disagree. I think they teased a lot of stuff in this. Well, then uh, hit some of that stuff then because I, I really wasn't paying attention to that then. Uh, all I, right. I just know Adam Page was the first man to enter and he got jumped. Yes. First of all. How dare they disrespect Avari by making him go out first? Un- uh, unbelievable. Um, also, the start was... Uh, they need to just actually do an, a Battle Royal entrance next time because that was so stupid the way this opened up. I'm sorry. It didn't work. Um, and yeah, but no no, disres- no, no, no disrespect intended to anybody else in this match, but Davari should not have been going out first here. I'm sorry. That's fair. Um, I just, that's the way I feel like it is. Uh, there was a really nice save from the boys at one point. Um, oh yeah. Dalton Castle is super over. I, I didn't talk about that enough earlier. Um, but we got Moriarty versus Garcia teased. Oh, yep. Yep. Okay. We also got, uh, the Hardys and private party reunion kind of confirmed in this match. Penta eliminated Archer. Mm. That's a potential match. Yeah. Um, and the final two were Hangman and Roosh. I like that as the final two. So I'm thinking that's possibly going to be a feud too. Former world champs. Yep. So we then get into our final two here. Paige tried to run a Roosh over the ropes, almost hit the floor, but he saved himself. Paige and Roosh exchanged hard chops on the apron. Roosh set up a pile driver on the apron, but Paige countered and dropped Roosh with the dead eye. Roosh fell to the floor, giving Paige the victory. Adam Page will not face the AW world champion. It says on the October 18th episode of Dynamite, um, Adam Page and John Moxley have never had a singles match. It makes sense that they're going to. This is, I mean, realistically, if none of this punk stuff happened, I imagine this kind of would have been our title feud at some point here, given the way everything went down. So it's, it's you know. Oh, assuming Moxley beats Punk. Yeah, I mean, 
You know, however, this or, or are you saying if Punk doesn't get injured and has his title reign and then eventually drops it to Moxley because of the run he's on? Yeah, however, it would have happened. I mean, because Moxley would have still just he would have just done tag matches with Danielson all year, you know, probably and been yeah, still looking for that singles win, but hadn't. That would have been more interesting. That I want to see that alternate timeline where Moxley didn't get the ball early in the year because of people being injured, and or I guess in the middle of the summer or whatever, and so he stays with the, B, with the BCC and doesn't end up. I wonder where he ends up. I wonder when he gets his title shot. Probably around now, honestly. I think he um, could have won it at this show. I genuinely think he could have. Could have been interesting. Like, um, so, but yeah, good yeah, stuff though. Was, never uh, had that match, and that match is going to kick ass. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> you know, um, I still don't agree with. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I know, I know, Hangman had nothing to do with any of it. But I just there's part of me that's like. Is this the guy you give the title shot to after everything? Well, you definitely have to ask that question to yourself. You have to. And uh, here's here's where my brain goes because I've been asking myself that same thing. I've been like, all right, is this the thing to do? And here's why I think you kind of have – here's why I've landed on maybe why they did it because you got to start the process of moving on. And I think it slowly starts with maybe you get Hangman as one off here. Maybe he, maybe Hangman wins it back. There's a world where Hangman never dropped this title, and he's still on this incredible run. I mean, you can argue that this kind of all went to shit when he dropped it to Punk, and then Punk got hurt. Like there, there's a world where he never dropped it. I, I don't like Hangman winning this because I, I don't think he should. I don't think when Hangman wins it again, it should be a short title reign. Not that his first one was, but I'm saying I don't think it should be like a, he's going to drop this to MJF at the next show. I don't think I don't wouldn't like that. I would want to see Hangman maybe turn heel. Yeah, I, I don't. I would love to see Hangman that. Hangman wins the title off Moxley, but I think this is setting us up for a big match. Right? Yeah, I think it'll be a really good match. I just. I think we're gonna have. I, you know, I really kind of really wanted Roosh versus John Moxley. If I'm being honest. And hey, when when we got that match, I th- I liked it when we had it. It was a good match, but I I, th- I think there's many ways to look at it. Here's what I'll say: I, I don't know. Because then, man, because then you can build toward. Do you know who you put in the title feud after that for full gear, Charlie? Tell me, you know who it is. He's another member of La Facción in Globalinables. Oh, dude, you put him against Andrade. Totally agree. It's just I felt like. For how long were we running amok with Paige? It was like when after he lost that belt, we were like, man, what is he doing right now? You have to get him. Was this the only way? No, there's a hundred different ways they could have done this. But yeah. getting him back in the world title, at least just in the main event, I think it could be it could be good. Which I'm fine with it. I don't even have a problem with Hangman. I just there's that part of the yeah. back of my head. I'm like, man. Oh, dude, totally agreed. I've been I was asking myself the same thing. And nobody's been saying anything either about that. I mean, I haven't really been paying attention. I try not to listen to too well, much I, before. I know our guys at uh, uh, Grapsity, you know, Righteous Reg and Phil Lindsay. Phil Lindsay, he put out, that, put out this tweet that I saw that was like, you know, is this really the route they should have gone? You know, he was kind of questioning it like, like what's going on with that? So uh, I'm I'm wondering, maybe he'll... And also, the other thing, it's not even that the drama. The drama is irrelevant. He was just world champion, two champions, like literally two champions ago. He lost it to Punk. Yeah, he well, he lost it. To so Punk. he's not far removed from being world champion. If anything, he shouldn't be even back in consideration. As crazy yet, as it is, he did lose it over four months ago. So it, it's just a lot of it. He 
he was, was just, Punk's title reign really like two two and a half months? Yes, while he was on the shelf. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep, because Moxley had the belt all summer. So that being said, we go into our lights out match, Garrett. Which whenever it's a lights out match, I always assume the favorite's going to win because it's been like yeah. that every time. That this is how you have Kenny Omega lose or have Adam Cole lose. It's in a lights out match. In this case, this is how you have Powerhouse Hobbs lose. Um, holy shit, Ricky Stark's entrance. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah, that pre-match video. I've been I I complain every time we don't do one because they're great and they really add to the matches. Right? Um, but the fact that we don't get them is probably what makes them so impactful. Agreed. So, what did you uh, what you think of our lights out match here? And of course, our winner, Ricky Starks, big old yeah, win here in the main absolute event. Ricky Starks. Oh, got the win back. You know what this means, Charlie? Got to get a rubber match at full gear. If not a full gear, maybe at that anniversary or show. Or at the anniversary show. Maybe that maybe that main event's this main evented uh, rampage. Maybe this main event's anniversary show. Probably not, but I'd love um that. but I'd be here for it. Um you know what is interesting, Charlie? This this feels personal. A lot of wrestling feuds yeah. don't feel personal. This one does. They've put that little bit in there. By the way, I wish they would start calling him the Monstar on commentary. That's literally his gimmick now. Um Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's the monster, like from Space Jam. I like it. I do. Um, um, They had a really nice snap on the DDT spot. That was really good. There were a little bit of Yambag Yahtzee as a – we didn't have Taz out there, but that's what he would have have said, you know. Um, And we got some uh, back body drops on the chairs. And honestly, I think – Oh, I forgot. I forgot to mention the spot where uh, where Hobbs steals Justin Justin Roberts's belt and uses it as a whip. That was really funny. Um, not the whipping part, but the part where he steals Justin's belt and Justin's just like, um, yeah, he's like, he's just got to accept it. <laughs> all right, I guess someone's taking my belt tonight. And then uh, I, I imagine he just has a second belt at this point, so he can just slap that bitch on. But anyway, um, and also, um, I would I thought it was. Uh, really cool that um, Hobbs yanked a light fixture out of the wall and used it as a weapon. I didn't expect yeah, to see that. Hey, what the fuck was that? I. That was awesome. I don't. I again, really cool. Um, and yeah, now I'm really excited for the rubber match. So I, whatever that'll be, um, I'm really excited to see what they do. I'm sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Hobbs will win that one as well, given the nature of the storyline so far, but, um, I don't think Ricky's losing much for getting two losses here. I, uh, not that he loses here, but I'm saying that if he were to pick up a second loss yeah, yeah. overall, I don't think he loses that much. And I'm actually, and, it, and it's already, cause it's funny in the promos, Ricky's already kind of looking ahead a little bit too. I'm kind of excited about that too, though. I'm, I'm with Ricky on that, you know? And this is much better than our glorified squash. We had it all out. I think we both kind of felt a little underwhelmed by that. I mean, we understood it because Powerhouse Hobbs has been lined up for a push. Again, Hobbs, a go-go. One of these guys needs to go after fucking Wardlow or just send. I don't know. We got to do something with Wardlow, man. Seriously. Uh, But fuck Wardlow. Just kidding. Uh, This was awesome. I, I think if this is the start of our big Ricky Starks push, I'd love it, man. I'd buy into every Absolutely. second of it. Um, there's plenty of names I'd love to see him go against, right? There, there's there's countless amounts. If if we do the trip, the you know Hobbs Starks three, and then we go beyond that, 
I mean, a couple guys you were just talking about are names I'd love to see him go against. Give me Starks versus Roosh. Give me Starks versus Andrade. Right? Uh, House of Black. Starks versus Lee Moriarty. Yeah. By the way, Lee Moriarty and Garcia. I'm really starting to get excited for that. But yeah, man, this was this was our closer. And Grand Slam, man. I think it was an unmitigated success. Uh, they did over uh, a million in viewers again. So that's five weeks in a row. So the viewership is is doing well. And that's always a good sign, right? Yep. If we're looking beyond the business and we're trying to look even further, uh, that's a great sign. And lining up for next week right now, this is all we got, guys, as of Sunday. So if you're listening to this Monday night, maybe you're like, uh, nah, dude, they have already announced this, this, and this. So as of right now, we got the championship celebration with Jericho. MJF will speak. Soraya will speak. And AEW world champion John Moxley versus Juice Robinson in a world title eliminator match. Why Juice Robinson? Juice is only is one of only two people to beat John Moxley this year. And that's the reason for the Eliminator match. Clear as day. There's not much beyond that. And so now we know Moxley's most likely next three matches. I'm, I'm going to burst their bubble on that really quickly. Hey, he lost He lost the uh, the cage match. Sure. So technically five people beat him, or four people, whatever it is. Hey, that's fair. That's fair. But y- you know what I mean. He's... And that's just one of the maybe in singles matches. That's what they got to stop making these ridiculous statements because they're not true half the time. And it, and it no, just takes someone like it just takes an asshole like me to point it out to make their entire thing silly. Like, because that's not true anymore. He's not one of only two men to be. You could say maybe pin, but I bet he didn't pin him either. It's maybe in singles matches. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to look. If but. they're if they're going okay. See, you can't do that because matches are matches. I know I know in wrestling a a gimmick match is supposed to be a bigger deal, but it's technically just a match with a stipulation. So it should count as a match even if it's a multi-person match. <sighs> yeah, there's there's so many schematics to Again, like stop making these kinds of statements or you won't and you won't run into this. That's like it's you got to like why is there not a fact checker? Why can't somebody literally sit there and it there's their job to make sure these things aren't stupid? Like, I mean, look, CM Punk and and Juice Robinson are the only people to beat him in singles. I'm a, I'm just gonna go off. That's what they meant. Uh, I'm sure that's what the text said, and I just read it wrong. So, no, 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 uh, no. You know what you're saying is what everyone else has been saying too. Yeah, that's why that's what they said on TV. That's it makes it's the way they phrased it, and they're just wrong because he did lose in in the. a uh, blood and guts match. He absolutely. Oh well, he didn't. He's not the one that got submitted. Yeah, but his team lost. Yeah, well, you know how AEW is. They they if they were incorporating singles matches, FTR wouldn't be near the top five anymore because Harwood's like what one in five. So it, it doesn't count. I guess I don't. I, again, that's why the rankings. Again, this is uh, all. All this is doing is confirming that I'm correct. That we should just get rid of this entire rankings nonsense and all this. Or we need to have accolades. Shit. If you want to book a match, just book it. Nobody cares. Right. Like, <laughs> so that's all we got for uh, Dynamite this upcoming week. So it should be pretty fun. I'm excited to see what Soraya does. I'm very glad she's here. And yeah, man. Um, any other closing thoughts for the people, Garrett? Uh, you got for us um just be nice to each other out there 
know what? That's all I have to say. I like that. I like that. And uh, don't get blocked by Teddy Long, people. <laughs> you don't have a choice. You no, know, you can't. You don't even have a choice. You can't even look. Charlie, pull up Twitter right now. You can't even look at his tweets. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. We had to get it in there somewhere, right? Um, <laughs> God damn it. Tag team match. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the flip side. This has been the Grand Slam edition of Eat Sleep Elite Motherfucker. Catch y'all later. Oh, my God.